welcome back to the podcast. On this episode of The Line to Mastery, I have on my a good friend and another soul brother, Joshua Betancourt. We drop into his journey and experiences with entrepreneurship, the background of living in a very unique childhood, his ability to work hard and the grit that he has gotten from his grandmother and his own mother. Josh comes from a strong line of badass women and he he shares it. He shares it all in this podcast and he bears his story without leaving anything behind. Josh really just shows the fuck up for his, for his podcast and drops in really authentically, really vulnerably. And due to that and everything that's happened to his life, he has chosen to be stoked, constantly stoked and grateful for life. Even when things aren't going his way, he understands there's always an opportunity to be stoked because he gets that. That's his choice in this life, and it's beautiful. And I have learned so much from just going back and re-listening to this podcast. He drops into his story with slacklining and highlining, the value of mentors, deepening his movement practices with Apeco, and he even shares a dark night of the soul. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing yourself so radically and authentically. I know a lot of people are going to connect to this podcast, and I love you, brother. It's a pleasure to have you on, and we'll do it again in the future. Much love. This podcast is brought to you by Cacao King. If you are looking to get over a caffeine addiction, you just want more energy, more circulation, a uh, superfood that enhances the amount of magnesium in your system, or just a delicious chocolate beverage that opens up your heart and you can share ceremoniously with those that you love, check out Cacao King. Use the code SLATCAM at your checkout. And yeah, much love. Thank you, fam. Last thing before we drop into this conversation with Joshua Betancourt, I am enhancing my coaching practice. It has really become clear this this year that I have so much light, so much value, so much life to inspire others with. And it's a disservice not to show up as a coach and be of service. So if you are stuck in a rut or experiencing a lot of the same old patterns, addictions, not really feeling like you understand what your purpose is or you're not satisfied with your self-image. I've been there. I have learned a lot this year uh, through that space and I've transformed. So I, I understand the tools. I understand the concepts and I am here to serve as a lighthouse for for others that are ready to transform and grow through their own transitions. So if this seems like the fit for you and you're hearing the call, um, send me a DM on Instagram and we can hop into a call. I'm happy to just see how I can serve you in that call. And if we feel like it's a good fit, we can talk about, yeah, dropping in and moving forward because 
this is my medicine and I'm grateful to share it with you both in podcast form and showing up as a leader. So enjoy this podcast with Joshua Betancourt. All right, my man, we are recording. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah. This is your first one, right? Uh, yep. First time being on a podcast at all. Cool. Cool, man. Yeah, it's a really fun experience just being able to drop into a conversation in front of a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, man. Well, I really wanted you on here because you're just like such a unique and interesting character. You have so much life and stoke that, you know, people deserve to hear what you have to say and i'm happy to have you on sweet dude i'm stoked to be a part of this i've been loving your podcast so i'm about it thank you thank you brother so playing off of that what is a character real or fictitious that you really connect with a character real or fictitious that i really connect with at jay-z 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> I've been listening to uh, a bunch of the Blueprint album from late 90s. I love how he just talks about being a billionaire, and now he's a billionaire. And so I'm, I, I feel that. feel that real deep. Yeah, you connect with... Just talking about how I'm going to do real big things, and then later in life I'll just be there with those things accomplished. So that's the Jigga Man. Yeah. <laughs> that manifestation machine. <laughs> that's how I'm relating with real hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. You've also been relating to Beyonce really hard lately, yeah, dude. too. I've just fucking loved that new uh, Black is King, the Lion King thing. That was amazing. I never really, like, listened to Beyonce or anything. And then uh, Mariana, this um, girl that I've been seeing, showed me the movie, and, and then now I'm obsessed with it. It was really fucking good. And the music was really good, and, like, the whole movie makes it so much better. Everything is so incredible. Yeah, man, and you, like, you can't stop talking about the outfits. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, these little kids are balling. Exactly, dude. At the very end, where you just see little freaking toddler Sir Carter, her son, just walking around in some like $20,000 looking coat. Gangster. That's so fucking great. I'm like, yes. Yes. Absolutely, yes. That's my boy. Exactly. Or just all of the like leopard print coats. All of the costumes are so good. Everything about it. What's your favorite song off the Black King? Uh, Black is King. Mood, uh, yeah, the My Mood Forever. And for sure, my favorite song. That's the one that it uh, features Jay Z too. Right before he goes, like, hear that? That's the sound of the price going up. And then he starts rapping. And I love that part. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I love it. Yeah, man, that's just been such a strong vibe. And even when we were highlighting the other day and you just had that album playing. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, there is a lot of good stoke around. About it, dude. It's got like all those like African and tribal vibes. It's just makes you want to dance. It really does. Yeah. Send energy (laughs) for sure. So tell me about your newest tattoo. My newest tattoo. Yes, I just got it from the girl you've been traveling with, Gemma. For everyone that doesn't know, they're staying in my house currently. And I've wanted the tattoo weird on my ass for a while. And every time someone has a stick and poke, I think it's a shame to not get a tattoo if someone's offering a tattoo with stick and poke. So I got the chance to get the word weird on my ass. 
And I went to show it to my friend Talalik last night, and my shirt was covering it, and all I saw was my balls. (laughs) (laughs) What was your... Yeah. (laughs) What was your inspiration for getting weird on your ass? Uh, just like a while ago, I, I, I'm still pretty weird. I used to be like a lot, I used to be as weird as I am all the time instead of just in certain scenarios, I feel like. So when I just wanted the chance when people called me weird to show them my ass, I'd be like, yeah. It's not bad. And then... You have another tattoo that I feel really encapsulates also who you are. Stoked on my foot. Thanks to Kimberly Weglin. She's stick also another stick and poke by a friend. Always yeah, I wanted the word stoked on my foot for cheesy slackline pictures, because I'm pretty uh stoked all the time. And so uh she did that for me. And it's pretty great. And it's right under like my Tiva thing, so when my feet get really fucking dirty, it just outlines. Oh, it keeps the it clean. Nice. Yeah, and it like outlines it. Everything's all like. Was that intentional? Nope. Just worked out. Worked out really well. It did. So what gets you stoked? Most things. Just being alive. Just I figure like, if you're not gonna be excited, what what are you gonna be? You know, the alternatives to being excited seem a little more dull so i'm just generally pretty excited no man i feel the same way you know like you can look at the positive and negative and decide which one you want to take and it seems like the positive the stoke the excitement yeah i feel like i just like uh creates a better world exactly it's like i feel like some people especially when you're going through tough things like hate hearing the cliche of just like you really get to choose exactly what you want to experience And that's just the reality of it. And, like, even if you're going through tough things, because I've I've definitely been depressed before, there's still things that you can do to just, like, focus on gratitude and be stoked and, like, bring that light back, you know? Because if not, then you're just going to be stuck. And that's your your choice. You can, can like, you can be stoked or you're not. You can, like, break through or not, you know? And no one's going to really care either way because no one's ever, like, coming This is just your life. You get to decide what success and failure is, and you get to choose whether you're going to be your own definition of either one. No one's ever going to come help you. And that's that's just the way I look at it. Yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to be that powerful and that kind of an author of my own life, I'm just going to be really excited all the time. It's a fucking great look. Man, and it definitely gets a lot of people stoked. And just, like, your energy definitely up-levels the room. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell. And I believe help comes for those that need it and are ready for it. And with that being said, even when you have help, you still have to be taking the actions and making the choices that you want to be better. I guess that's what I mean is like, cause when I say like no one's coming, like even when someone is helping you, they just can't do the work for you no matter what, like no matter. And someone might care so much about you and they might be like 
un, like help trying to help you in an unhealthy way because you're obviously not accepting the help or just trying to enable you or something, but they still can't just do the work for you. And so that's what I mean by like no one's coming. And I firmly believe that. And like that might be like it might seem dismal the way I say it, but I think it's like it should be looked at as like really empowering. It's like, yeah, no one's coming. This is your moment. Step up. If you want to be happy, be happy. If you want to be productive, go be productive. If you want to be, uh, if you want to travel, go take steps to travel. You know, no one's coming. Realize that and do it. And I think that's like really empowering to say like, you're right. What given my resources and my situation, what are the exact steps that I need to take in order to start getting closer to accomplishing the things that I want? And if it's important to me to have a good mood or a positive outlook during that, what am I doing to maintain those things? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Self-sovereignty, man. Like, yeah, that's the juice. There's so much money there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to dive into your childhood because you lived a very unique childhood growing up right from the get go. Will you open up about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, um, I was born of like, so I was born into a family of two lesbian moms. My mom, um, I was artificially inseminated. My mom paid like 12 grand to have me. She even went through like a pseudo pregnancy for people that don't know what that is. It's, you can actually like want to get pregnant so bad that your body starts to go through hormones and you start to get bigger, but there is nothing, no baby growing in your ovaries. And she went through that and then took a break and then tried again and had me. And then, um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a test tube baby. Is there like anything more specific that you want me to get at? So what, like, what was that like growing up for you? I think it like really taught me to, it really taught me that like no one knows what they're talking about, that like good and bad aren't a thing, that people are full of shit, that like you do get to run your own life because there are so many people trying to run it for you and there's so many fucking idiots just letting that happen. My mom, it wasn't cool to be gay until like 2018. So my, I didn't know, I didn't learn my mom was gay till I was like almost 10 years old. Um, cause she just hid it from me my whole life. And then one day she was crying and I so like, did you not have two moms growing up? No, they divorced okay. when I was two years old. And then, and then I was told just told that. that she was my aunt. Oh, okay. And I was told that my brother was my cousin. And one day my mom was crying and I thought that I would like did something and I asked and I just asked like what was the matter and then she just was like I'm gay and she came to me and I just remember being so young and thinking like why does someone have to be so ashamed of this you know and I was raised Christian which was even more fucking pathetic such a stupid cult and so like being raised like that like taught me that like like a whole world believes that like my mom and people like my mom are the devil like homosexuality like deserves punishment and murder and and hell from a loving God. (laughs) Like that, that's a whole entire race of people that are like, believe in that and willing to take action in that. Like across the world, gay people still have to hide for their lives in most places. America is very fucking progressive compared to a lot of the world. And my mom just like hid that. And I just knew, and like my mom loved the fuck out of me and sacrificed so much for me and created such an incredible life for me. And it's like, if, if people that like make decisions and create laws and, 
and create rules and customs that people actually believe in and abide by are this full of shit that they could label someone like my mom as like evil, then I firmly know, like I firmly know that everyone's just a fucking idiot. Even myself, like no matter how many things you think, you know, doesn't matter. You're you just don't know what you don't know. Really. And we're just yeah. like, yeah, people like we're not, we're, I'd like, I just learned that like, you get to make this all your own. You get to believe in whatever you want. You get to empower yourself if you don't. You get to believe in things that make you ashamed to be yourself if you want to do that. You get to give power to exactly what you want to do. And some roads are like a lot harder than other roads. And even then, a, like there are a lot of people that make those hard roads look easy. I don't know. Like it, it just taught me that like you get to be exactly who you want to be. And if people are really hiding that because of something that they believe in or some reason that they shouldn't be the way that they think they want to be, like, that's horrible. And I've seen what that can do to someone, like my mom. Like, my mom has had to work through a lot. Like, she's been a really angry person through a lot of her life and, like, ashamed to be alive, you know? Like, that's... That's gross and like to me like so that just taught me that like and it taught me that like not everything's perfect either and it taught me that not everyone has to be fucking taken care of and I don't have to be all like lovey and in fact there are a lot of people that I wouldn't mind like absolutely taking advantage of (laughs) there are some people that like if you absolutely hold some kind of belief that is so ridiculous that you can be exploited because of how fucking gullible you are and you want to cause violence to other people, I think your life should be shit. And I have no problem doing that. I have no problem. I, 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 like, I don't believe in everybody that, like, has some opportunity to be some beautiful person. That's beautiful, and that's great. And if some people want to strive for that, it's amazing. And if some people are already on that path, I totally want to give them space to do that. But, it, it, like, you can't speak to people without ears. Yeah, and totally. to me to think that you can do that like that's that's what on it like growing up in my family taught me that like you decide what's important honestly throughout your whole life you get to decide what's important whether that be religion whether that be your family whether that be your friends whether that be someone who sacrificed something that for you whether that be like irresponsible decisions, whether that be drugs, you get to decide what's important. And your actions are going to decide that for you, not like you're, you're, you telling yourself whatever you, you want, you know? Yeah, I like the story that you tell yourself only goes so far. There's just reality. Yeah, you have to, you know, taking action as well. And so that's why I just learned that like, like that's like what's driven me to be so entrepreneurial and ultimately, like, want to take care of my family before anyone else is because, like, I know I have that opportunity. I know, and I know, like, here in America, like, it just seems like a lot of people waste that opportunity. There are people that have to work, like, an entrepreneurship lifestyle and grind away their whole lives just to get enough money to eat because they don't have anything. There, there are people that are willing to sacrifice everything and bring their entire family here and risk death and send half of their minimum wage $9 an hour check back to their family so that they can have enough money to go to the next town and like still live and people want to be born here and waste away like so much opportunity because it's just not convenient enough I have no problem like taking what's for the taking here in this country and helping 
people that I feel like have nothing. Cause, and that's just like what seems kind of disconnected, but like, that's, that's definitely what like being in my family has taught me is like, you get to make this happen. You get to decide. I did a lot of growing up really young. Cause I just like, didn't like my family. I didn't like how angry people were. I also have like my grandma to thank for just like being resilient and getting shit done. My grandma didn't have time for like excuses. I'll just say my grandma's story really quickly. She, um, so the Bay of Pigs for people that don't know the, the Cuban missile crisis happened and JFK needed to find a solution for the Cuban missile crisis. And he found a rebel group of Cubans. So he brought them to America and promised them training and reinforcements but then he solved the missile crisis. So he just sent them back to Cuba with guns, but no training and no reinforcements. And all of that brigade got killed and or captured. And so my grandma was here on asylum and she knew America wasn't going to like get those people out because they just sent them back and didn't even hold their promises. So my grandma started a committee that and then through networking with like Cuban people that were here on asylum and different U.S. ambassadors in Miami of like political power. She started a committee which transformed into a negotiation team. She was the only woman on the team. She was pregnant with my mom at the time. Um, and then she negotiated with Fidel Castro and U.S. ambassadors and got all of Brigade 5206 freed and brought to America on asylum and then started a family with zero dollars in her pocket, not even knowing the language of the country she had to live in and then put two out of five kids through college. And so like, I have my grandma to thank to like realize that like, no, life isn't hard. It's just not hard. Is my, like, is my life literally being threatened? I'm asked to being sacrificed hours of my time away from convenience and fun to give back to people. Easy, <laughs> not hard at all. Sounds like I can work super, and all we have to do is work 40 hours out of the fucking week in 2020. And we can still like make an insane amount to give back to the world. And then I have my mom to thank for like realizing that like whatever people think, whatever people want to push on me, whatever beliefs, they're all wrong. Because you get to decide. Exactly. And even mine, like mine to them are just wrong. No one's right. Right. Like math is correct. But like other than that, it's just a belief is a belief like no one gets, you get to make this exactly what you want to make it, you know? And so to me, like watching my mom go through like that struggle, like being gay and like having so much of that to blame on like religion, like I decided I was going to put all of my faith in my life in myself. And I don't really like, I, I absolutely believe in even then, like I, I believe in like energy and a universe and a big thing, but I don't have any time to waste thinking about it. I have like only energy to put into myself, building my future, giving back to the things that like I want to give back to putting energy into the things that I want to progress in. And I feel like I owe a huge amount of that to my upbringing, just like being really independent, watching a family struggle, like being from an immigrant family that worked really hard and sacrificed a lot to be in a place like this. And just like having such, and all women too, like super strong fucking women, you know? Cause like in the fifties and sixties when my grandma formed a negotiation team, she was essentially a second class citizen and did that shit. 
no time for fucking excuses and like saved her whole family and an entire brigade like she anyone that claimed to have the last name Betancourt she brought she was able to bring to America like she just helped people and like my mom just a super strong fucking woman like raised an, a child all by herself as a closeted gay woman who had to hide her gayness because she, like she was expelled from high school from it she could have been fired from work from it she could have not been hired back in her industry for it right like she was she was strong as fuck and she still is and like i owe a lot of that i owe my emotion to it like to being raised by women too but like i owe a lot of what i am to like how fucking strong they are and just like the bullshit that they've had to go through shows me that like i get to make exactly what i want to make out of every situation period and i and if i want to make excuses that's all you're making is excuses. If you're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish or on some game plan to do that or learning from your mistakes, like that's all part of the process and the process might take fucking years. But if you're not in that process and going headstrong, then like you, the, you just, you're, you've given up. Like to me, you've given up. You don't give a shit. And that's, that's fine. You can make excuses. You can make whatever you want out of the moment. And if you want to make excuses out of it, do that. If you want to make what you want out of life, do that, you know? And I feel like I owe a big part of that perspective to my upbringing. Dude, for sure. Yeah. You come from a lineage of really, really hard workers. Yeah. Gangster. Yeah. Gangster-ass women. <laughs> Absolutely. Ones that have just made so many sacrifices, man. And, like, even from your grandma, her sacrifices made your mom's life even a little bit better because she had more opportunities. Like granted society saying, because you're this one way, you're not okay. is really fucked up. And I can only imagine how difficult the lessons and experiences that would be growing up. And your mom still just gave it her all to make life better for you. And now like you're standing on their shoulders, wanting to like give them stuff and then make the world better too. Because that's mm. just what your family does. Exactly. Yeah. There was, like, when one of, like, my mentors uh, getting into entrepreneurship, there was a saying he would say to me. There's a few, but, like, he always said to me, he's like, man, don't you think it's really sad how a single mom can raise three kids and not one of those kids can get their shit together enough to give back to her while she's capable enough to receive it? Dude, no, to me, it's like, sad. yeah, that's pathetic, especially being born in a place like America. And, and then it's also just like when I got into entrepreneurship and into like just like building businesses and stuff and reaching out like my one of my mentors told me, he's like, who would you rather hear no from? Would you rather hear no from a million strangers, literally a million back to back every day? Or would you rather hear no from yourself when your parents need expensive medication and you can't afford it? And to me, it's like, I don't have time to complain about the system or how the insurance companies are evil and things are expensive and yada yada. And I don't even vote in my local administration stuff, but I'm still going to complain about everything. I just have time to work really hard and take care of my family because it's so easy to do that here. And I was given that perspective to do that. And like, I want to, I want like, I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't realize like what entrepreneurship can give you here in America, but like, I want to give my mom everything one day. And I know that I can, like I have a set of goals that I read to myself daily 
And that's a huge, I have like, I want to be something. And that's not like for people. That's for me and my family and what I care about. Like I want to give everything to my mom. My mom doesn't have a retirement right now. And I don't like want that to be a problem. And it's not going to be a problem because I'm allowed to work that hard. And it's like, why complain about it? Why think the why? Like, to me, it's like, why waste time wishing, oh, what was me could have been if it were just fucking easier for people or I could just make it happen. Yeah, man. And you are in a position where you're so stoked on creating that, that there's no other way that it'll happen because like you're both stoked. So you have the energy and then you're taking action. So you have the motion. So you're cultivating the energy and the motion to create this emotion of just being so fucking stoked. And yeah, it's happening, man. You already are what you feel like you're striving towards. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I want to, I want to reel back in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 How I get passionate and lost. Dude, no, please. I, that <laughs> was, that was beautiful. And that expanded far beyond just the initial question. So thank you for sharing being yeah. so vulnerable. What totally. was your journey into slacklining? Like what um, brought you or uh, yeah. how did it, how was this sport brought to you? Yeah. I was in a college before I dropped out. I was in college for like a couple semesters. Right. Uh, met, uh, this small school called Metropolitan State University here in Denver. And I met uh, this girl, Chloe Marrera and then Brooke Coleman and then, uh, yeah, they were slacklining in the quad, and I started to get into slacklining, and then I bought one. And they, like, they were super fun to hang out with. They came and became incredible friends of mine, Brooke and Chloe. Um, I don't talk to them as much anymore, but they're still great people. And, uh, yeah, and then I just started to slackline all the time because it's, like, super meditative, and I just loved how I could, like, go out and slackline in the park and just feel good about stuff. And I also like that I didn't, like, need anyone to go do it in the park. Uh, I just like that I could go out and do it by myself. And then once I started doing it all the time, it was, like, really fun. And that was kind of, like, when, like, I feel like I was making, like, a... Like, slacklining introduced me to, like, healthy people. My family's never really been healthy or eaten vegetables or, like, gone outside or valued nature to be totally honest. And then I found like, and then I started just like going to college and being independent and seeking out my own kind of experiences. And, uh, like I found out what highlining was and I found out that it was totally safe. Essentially. It's not totally safe. Getting the anchors can sometimes be dangerous, but it was, it's pretty safe for the most part. A lot of times it's just a hike. And then once you're tied in correctly, everything's crazy redundant. And I was like, Whoa, like I can go do this like extreme thing, but like, I'm really safe. Because I always wanted to try rock climbing, but I always hear stories of just people dying. And I was like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to die. And then <laughs> I and then I heard of, uh, and I rock climbed in the gym a bunch, but I would just like, I'd never meet anyone to go outside. And I was way too scared to like try it on my own or anything like that or go bouldering. And uh, yeah, and then I found highlining and I was like, this is sweet. And that was awesome. And there was just a Facebook page. And I would just post to it and be like, if anyone's going to go highlining, can I please come? And some people said like, yeah, we're going to go this weekend. And I helped them carry gear. And then I got on a highline and then I was super hooked. I remember taking my first whip and I remember like catching the whole session. And then I missed the line 
and I, I was doing a bunch of these, like, one-armed catches, and I was really strong at the time, and just, like, fucking death gripped and wouldn't, like, whip off. And I went for this one catch and just missed, and I remember, like, so vividly my hand reaching for the line and then whipping back, and that same hand, like, reaching for all the rocks <laughs> and then sitting up in my harness and being like, I'm good for the day. That was insane. I don't think I ever want that to happen again in my life. Holy Fuck, I was so scared. Whipping scared the fuck out of me for so long. But I still wanted to do it all the time. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. it gets you hooked, especially when you're just like a stoke ball. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Highlining was pretty fun. It was fun, like, especially when you didn't have the gear. It's like this community effort, like, where you'd be all antsy to do it all week. And the people that would know how to set it up would, like, it'd be the weekend and you'd be hiking with them and they'd be showing you everything. You'd be all, I'd be all freaking stoked, and then finally, like, the line would be up, and then I'd be like, why didn't I just go to the park? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I would finally, like, get on the line, and then, like, as the slacklining goes, you just have, like, little breakthroughs, and I remember early in highlining, still, I think one of my favorite parts of highlining is just, like, being on the side of a mountain and yelling as loud as I can about how stoked I am or how much I love my life. That's pretty great. Unless I'm in, a, well, even if I'm in a popular climbing area, they just they get mad. But <laughs> it's for you. <laughs> you get to choose your own adventure. They're always like fucking highliners, dude. Yeah, but yeah, it, it doesn't have to be that way. For I sure, change. Yeah, no, no, no. I we wow, uh, we did like a project at a popular climbing area, Shelf Road, and we had a bunch of fun with all the climbers there, even though we were. Hoot and holler. Yeah, and that's just the slack scene, honestly. I feel bunch of kooks. Yeah, the people are a bunch of kooks. It's and, a good time. And people that are rock climb ju- just strictly don't play in kook all the time. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes there's not really like structured. community either, even though I feel like sometimes there's a bunch of people at a crag. A lot of times there'll be like like six different parties of like committed two man teams, you know, of like committed partners that climb every weekend and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's and like they're all talking and chatting or whatever, but they didn't like it. What like highlighting you like need a team to do it in the first place? Yeah, and we end up like cooking together. Yeah, and just like everything. stay in the same houses together. Like yep. yeah, yeah, all the good things. All the good things, man. So now a lot of your practice has progressed more into like movement and training at apeco and yeah a little bit more ito portal inspired sort of yes practice it's been awesome i just like uh i love love highlining i loved like uh the idea i love highlining number one probably for the community like more than anything i remember at breathe fest shout out breathe fest Michael and Rachel and uh, Dakota and every single person that puts on it. There's a bunch, and Davis, a whole bunch of people. They're all amazing. I love Breathe Fest. I remember when I went for the first time, that was probably like the first time in my life that I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself, like a part of like a, a, a community that really like, put in all this work to build this incredible playground, like, just for each other, like, just this awesome thing, and that's what I love about, like, uh, slacklining, and I love the idea of, like, traveling and pushing myself, 
And uh, Apeco has like, it's definitely offered a lot of that as well. But it's also just like, uh, it's a lot more of an, like an inclusive movement practice that has to do with like, not necessarily just strength or cardio or like endurance. It also has to do with like coordination and depth perception and uh, mobility and flexibility. And even then really a lot, like some of the stuff we do doesn't even have like, there's no exact meaning behind the thing we're doing, you know? So like, it's just, it's super cool. Cause I feel like what this practice is allowing me to do is like, just feel so free in my own body you know, like freedom is in like, not as in like acceptance, but as in like control and being like, when I want to create a movement, I can, you know, like that, that being able to like use my full range of motion and do super cool stuff. And I love it because it's also like this practice that like really carries into a lot because we do like breath work and everything. So like it, the coordination pieces, like it's just made me like better with like playing soccer with friends in the park and like juggling and like I went rowing and I was better. I'd never rowed a big boat and I was better with rowing down rapids just because like the coordination piece of rowing opposite ways and stuff is super easy to pick up. It's awesome. <clears throat> I've been loving Apeco and I love the community too. I love like the coaches and how they really care about my individual progression and all the people's individual progression. And it's not really like some gym where it's like, we're here to like PR deadlift and get stronger or something. It's just like, we're here for you to eventually do a one arm handstand over whatever amount of time that takes. And throughout that process, you're just going to figure out the puzzle of being in your body, you know, until that puzzle comes together into some, crazy skill it's a it's definitely a love for movement and self-expression when it comes to the body yeah i feel a lot of what you're learning is so sustainable for the longevity of being able to take care of yourself because really i feel um as people get older like a lot of their problems when it comes to the body just comes from lack of movement and not taking care of themselves um hundred percent dude i would much rather focus on prehab than rehab you know yeah you're either gonna learn and understand your health now or it's gonna come up flaring in your face later and you're gonna be forced to sit with it yeah exactly and to me it's just like like i want that kind of freedom in my movement like like kind of like going back to the other thing like if it's here for the taking why not take it? What's the alternative? Just don't do it. Poor health. Yeah. Yeah. Do you that want great so. health or do you want poor health? You know, like you get both. Yeah. Choices. Exactly. And it's like, do I want my great health to come with super cool perks? Like doing fun locomotion and capoeira pieces and acrobatic skills and crazy stuff. Yeah. I get to choose what my health looks like. That seems like a super cool route. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Throwing some highlighting and some rock climbing. And exactly. And explore outside. And but I definitely love like the focus of just like terms. keeping your joints healthy and like your mobility up and like the, the joints healthy is so awesome because that, that is important to me to be 
it's older and still moving and still highlining and climbing and going to the alpine and hanging out in beautiful meadows and then climbing multi-pitches and doing crazy stuff yeah yeah and i believe we have so much access to information and movements and understanding of like the body now yeah that it's totally possible that we can be doing a lot of those things still in our 70s and 80s yeah and possibly beyond and i'm just stoked about it because like i feel like i've been trying to get into cal i've been into acrobatics for a bit and i've been trying to get into calisthenics for a bit and youtube learning is great for what it is like it's definitely so much more beneficial than not doing anything at all but like there's so much you miss and it's just so cool like i've always wanted to do planche i've always wanted a lot of the skills that are offered like front lever and back lever the skills that like the coaches can do there and so to me it's like okay if i have someone that can do what i want to accomplish i'm just going to do what they tell me to do until i can accomplish that you know dude for real is having the most a coach efficient way within yeah. any space literally is how you progress faster i have like a life coach slash therapist for like keeping me grounded when i'm happy and helping me when i've been depressed i have like mentors in entrepreneurship for helping me with like growing my business and becoming a better and more affluent salesman and i not like i now have coaches for my acrobatics and my mobility and all of my strength work at apeco like i think coaches to me it's like why what i why do i want to make it harder on myself or why do i have to keep my ego so involved that i feel like i have to completely recreate the wheel it's like i already know i want to do that they did that I'm just do what they tell me to do. That's what, that's how you do it. dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I would love if you're comfortable with it to drop in into like a dark night of the soul, a dark night of the soul for you and a turning point out, because I think it's really important to shed light on to our darknesses. Sure. Um, honestly, like what a big thing of when I like became just chose to be happy Number one, I was, like, really young and didn't have any responsibilities and then started poking into drugs, so it's really easy to, like, start doing acid and smoking weed and being like, oh, my God, you know, it's so easy to be a hippie or whatever, and peace and love is the answer. So that definitely, like, started the whole being excited thing, but uh, I, I honestly just remember, like, my mom and grandma being so angry that at a young age I just decided, like, I'm just not going to be that way. Just not, no matter what. Like, I remember being really unhappy and depressed, and then, like, coming home, and I thought, like, you know what? I just want, like, no matter how bad things ever get, or if I become unhealthy, or have no money, or no family, if I'm on the streets, like, I'm just going to choose to be really excited. And I feel like that was, like, a... That was a pretty big turning point in my life, was just doing that, you know? And then I feel like another big thing was um, with my recent uh, endeavor as a broker at a financial firm. Um, I was doing great, like making big things happen and just got like really, 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 it's really easy when you're like doing good work, like helping people, watching people grow, giving people opportunity giving back to communities and like that's all encompassed in your work 
it's really easy to like want to pour a lot into your work. And I started to pour like 70 hours, 80 hours a week into my work, like six days a week, all the way through Saturday evening, Monday through Saturday evening. And because I really loved what I was doing and I loved, I loved like, there were times that agents that were working underneath me would text me and be like, hey, I just want to let you know that like, I've never had such an optimistic look on my future. I've never felt so control of my budget and my finances and just my life in general. And I want to like, thank you for introducing me to the incredible resources in this office and the incredible people that I get to learn from. And like, a lot of times, that, and I just remember thinking, like, man, if I get to do this for the rest of my life, like, I just get to watch people grow and be, like, a big part in them taking charge in their own life. I'll do this forever. And then I got, I got like, really good at it, and I started making a lot of money, and I opened, I wanted to open an office in Vegas, and I wanted to do a bunch of big things, and I just went too big too fast, and I, like, uh, things started to crash, and I wasn't, like, prepared, and I started to lose all of my money and like all of my team, everything that I built over the last two and a half years, like everything that I poured 80 hours a week into. And it was really hard to like not attach my worth to all of that like temporary failure, you know, and just like not feel totally worthless. And like I remember I would wake up and I would read my goals out loud because I read my goals every day out loud because I'm going to accomplish them. Um, But I would, at that time, I remember I'd like pull them out and I would read them and I would just like cry looking at myself in the mirror and I could never finish reading my goals because I just felt like I was lying to myself and I felt like I was like just worthless. And uh, that was really hard. That was a really, really hard moment to, like, have all of this work that you felt was really important, that you did, like, a lot of helping for other people, like, come to an end. And that was a really important lesson, I think, for me to learn to to realize that, like, it's not, like, a little passage. It's just, like, never be afraid to abandon what you've built when the flood comes and find higher ground. Because, like, ultimately, I'm Joshua Betancourt, you know? Like, I'm not that business that I built or even all that help that I did. I'm not that, you know, like I'm not like these little moments or like the the grandeur of them or, or the money that came from it or like all of that was like, I'm just not that, you know, and as cool as it was and as great as it felt to help people and might like for the first time in my life, make really good money and like feel like I was going to be something in the future. Like you, you're still a whole lot more than that at all times. You know, you're like this little ball of infinite possibility and love and like intentions and dreams. And and that's that's what we are. And that was a really good lesson to learn to like have this really big thing in my life, like come crumbling down. And I had a mentor tell me to reach out to his life coach and his therapist. And he told me that like strong people don't do things on their own. And uh, yeah, that's that was that was like, that was a really big lesson for me to learn was like, cause I thought before that with how much I was accomplishing on my own, that like real strength came in like solidarity and, you know, and like, I didn't think that being vulnerable was like weakness. I just thought it was like not burdening other people, you know, like everyone was already dealing with their stuff. I thought I would just be the one that like accomplished a bunch of stuff and made it look easy and carried the weight like, and didn't really, you know, but that's just not real. 
and that's and I I think that like strong people know that and they have like appropriate channels to give themselves that kind of space. They have their tools, you know. And that's uh, that was like really important for me to like start seeing a life coach and like completely move away from the industry for a bit. Still doing sales and I'm still doing really really well and I love what I do. But like uh, it was just good to like it was good to know that like you are a human and like that could happen again, you know, like uh, hell I could be like paralyzed, you know, like my actual movement could be taken from me. It couldn't even be like something that I've built. It could be something that like I physically am, you know, and any day something that we take for granted could be taken from us. And so, and every, every day, if that happens every day past that, we're still that infinite ball of love and dreams and intentions and possibilities and, you know, so it, it was good to learn that, like, no matter what's going on, you need to take time to focus on gratitude. And no matter what's going on or how strong you feel, you should take time to, like, ask for help and seek for grounding opinions. And no matter what's going on, like, uh, another thing that that helped me learn, like, while you're going through a dark space is, like, there's, no matter how dark things get, like, how worthless you feel or something, there's victim consciousness and then there's reality. And that, I, I love the way my coach put this because I take things really bluntly. But he was like, victim reality is this bullshit where I sit there and I sell it like I am worthless. I couldn't save my company. I didn't do enough work. There's, there's never enough in victim reality, in victim consciousness, you know? Like there wasn't enough tools, wasn't enough time, wasn't enough Josh, wasn't enough blah, wasn't enough employees. And then there's reality. Reality is where there's infinite love, infinite resources, infinite time. And that's, that's what reality is. And like, yeah, scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. And, uh, and so you can take time, like in that sadness to not focus on gratitude, to not focus on the things you have to wallow in like the moments of, yeah, everything I have is gone, you know, or you can take the time to realize that like, there is still abundant love and there is still abundant money to be made and a future to be grown. And that I am still like committed to this mission of giving back to my family and like really making something of my name and giving back on like a global scale because of what I was able to accomplish. Um, and that doesn't have to stop at like this temporary failure. There's abundant everything. And so I can sit in this cage of not enough over this little thing or I can realize that like yeah that was big and I do deserve time to take space and like find help but there's just always enough love like there's uh, there's always enough yeah. yeah and failure is only a failure when you give up exactly otherwise it's a success yeah yeah it's a learning learning opportunity for sure exactly yeah exactly so brother who do you want to be 10 years from now uh, myself in 10 years from now, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, so right now I'm 22 years old by 30 years old. Part of the goals that I read myself are, uh, so by 30 years old, I would like to make a quarter million dollars of residual income. Um, I plan on doing that through helping people through financial services since I still have my licensing. And I also plan on building businesses on e-commerce platforms where I could take advantage of emerging markets. Um, I also plan on 
10 years from now, like mo money, mo problems. I want to be at a spot where like, I really want to make a big change. And I feel like a lot of people like kind of circling back to my beginning rant is like here in America, we're given tremendous opportunity. And in a lot of places, like people don't even have a platform to like make money, to have clean water, to get education, to go to the hospital, to see a doctor, to learn about contraceptives, to like to get anything. And, and the U S dollars are really fucking strong, really strong. And so to me, it's like, and there has to be funding to stuff. You can live in this like bullshit world of like, whatever, I wish money didn't exist, yada, yada, garbage. Or you can just be a part of the world (laughs) and make a change in the places you want to make a change in. And to me, the, like, I would love to make enough money that I can just run stuff at non-for-profit. Because, like, if anyone's ever worked for a non-for-profit or had to deal with one, they realize that, like, 99% of the work at a non-for-profit is begging for money because you need funding, right? And so to me, especially if I want to just help people on a global scale, I don't really want to help Americans. Um, I feel like there's already so much here that people don't take advantage of. Part of my goals in 10 years is, like, a quarter million dollars residual income and already have at least two non-profits started underneath me that... Uh, specifically help in Latin American places. And as to the specifics, like as to what I want the nonprofits to be doing, it'd be as to like what's most realistic to the resources that I have at the time and the cash flow that I have available to make. But like whether that be spreading education, right? Like finding some kind of like being able to organize some kind of volunteer program where we can help with like people just getting educated or if I have enough money that like I can actually create a budget hire civil engineers, have people go in, give other countries like clean water, no strings attached, not like an oil company where it's like, here's clean water. I want your oil. Instead, it's just like, here's resources. Boom. Took it from those lazy Americans, dog. (laughs) (laughs) They were just sitting on all that US dollar complaining about how shit's not easy enough for white people. So I stepped in and I was like, hmm. That's what I want to be in 10 years. I want to give back to my mom. I don't want my, like, my mom in 10 years is going to be retired, and I want to be paying for that. Like, that quarter million dollars of residual income, I plan, so, like, in 10 years, to be living off of what $100,000 feels like with inflation, you're going to be need to making $150,000 a year, according to the numbers. And so, like, 150 of that, I literally plan on giving to my mom a year. I'm, she's not going to work anymore. And, like, because she was unprepared for 2008 and, like, and things, because, like, in America there is not a lot of help. There's a lot of resources, shit ton of opportunity. No one here to protect you. No one cares about you. Like, there's goods and bads, you know, but, like, uh, like 2008 fucked her. And, I don't, and I'm not going to, like, sit here and complain about what, like, oh, woe is me. I'm just going to make it happen for my mom. Yeah, you're going to create something else. Yep. And so I'm just going to, like, retire her. Um, and I'm going to start to like build something big, you know, like I want, I want residual income. I want to be able to travel. Cause the other thing is like, if I have residual income, like if I end up in a position where I'm making a million dollars a year, even like in inflationary rates, I could live in Northern Chile off of a hundred thousand dollars a year, 10% of my income be great. Save another 30% of it for my future. Give 10% to my mom. And then still have half a million dollars coming in a year to fund things, you know, like, so 
I, I want to, I want to take advantage of all the opportunity that's given to me. I want to like, and I also know like this, this may seem like a little conceited or whatever, but to me, there's like, people do play roles and not everyone was meant to be someone that's hungry enough to take everything that's there for the taking, you know? And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. I don't really like focus too much on good and bad. Everyone gets to create what they want. Like I said, like all of us are just wrong, you know? And so to me, it's like, I am okay with putting myself, giving myself the pressure to like be that great and accomplish the things I want to accomplish. Cause it's like, if I'm not going to do it, not a whole lot of people are going to do it. And so why not just, why not me be one of them? Totally. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. hundred percent. So if you could take an airplane up into the sky and craft a message for it, for the whole country to see. For the thoughts? whole country to see, for whole, the USA to see? For the, yeah, for the whole country. Oh, dude, for the USA to see. I would probably just want to like insult them in Spanish. Um, <laughs> okay all right so that's a little bit more of the negative what let about me, the positive let me let me think of a good yeah one. let me yeah. think of a good one um for the usa to see the whole country just like one banner i don't know that's hard i have to think um just like to focus on gratitude like i i it's yeah if people could focus on gratitude in this country and realize like how much we have people's opinions would change so fast i think anyone that's traveled to a third world country can like see the shift in how people focus on like their family and what they're having for dinner tonight and being grateful and the opportunity to laugh and dance and like be with people that are special and i and, like, we have so much of an abundance of that here in this country. Like, we don't have to struggle for that. A lot of people don't have to struggle for that. A lot of people just don't. And a lot of people that think that they have to struggle for that, that, like, are part of a middle-class family, compared to, like, a real struggle that I'm talking about, we don't. And so I wish that, like, I, I think that people should just take more time to, like, every single day focus on gratitude yeah like write five things down even if it started as basic as i'm grateful for clean water a house my friends my mom my dog because like it'll grow any muscle you flex every day gets bigger you know and so focusing on gratitude i think is something that would like just change a lot of people's uh feel like it could change a lot for a lot of people i agree it's changed a lot for me too i mean here in this country, we have so many of our needs met that we don't have to go and work for them. And then, like, most of our attention goes to a fuck ton of distractions. Yeah. And then from there, like, you have no more bandwidth to actually do great work because you're too distracted. And then, like, you just have everything taken care of for you already. Or, like, you exert yourself just a little bit to have your needs met. But it doesn't take as much as other places. Yeah, 100%. And, like, paying attention to that gratitude, man. Like, it really is energy that goes out and can change the world. Maybe not in the way that, like, you're expecting it to look like at all. Yeah. But with that being said, like, we're just a bunch of subatomic particles interacting with subatomic particles. And everything is a subatomic particle. So, like, it, it does matter. 
handle yeah and it'll just like like what's the alternative to not be grateful to continue to like be stressed and worried and like have your organs feeling that and your breath be choppy and be scared and not be fully in the present because i don't take the time to like realize that it's okay to like be here you know and so it's like if the if if the alternative is to just like not be as grateful why why do that you know i'd rather just because like it may not like you said it may not change your life in any kind of like physical sense or like environmental sense like plenty of like the families that i got to visit and like learn from in south america they're probably still really poor they're probably still really poor and they probably still have a lot of trouble accessing like basic human rights and they're probably still just as happy as I left them like just as grateful for the fact that they get to like be with their kids and their daughters and like sit around a table for dinner and see guests and like and that's gratitude you know it's like if, I, if the alternative is to just not be as happy all the time I'm going to choose to be as happy all the time. And then especially with like how much we're given when you start focusing on gratitude, it's really, it's crazy. It's, it's like, it's like this wake up call of like, wow, we have so, so much, much. Mm -hmm. like so much. It's insane. Crazy. It's yeah, it's crazy, man. There is an abundance of everything. And like, really the world is not as scarce as we've been told and we've been telling ourselves you know like there's more than enough for everyone yes 100 percent. yeah that the 100 percent. there's a more than enough for anyone like if like if like like this will be me nerding out about money like if people like if we could educate people on how money works and how they could take control of their life by paying a little bit of attention to this thing like the idea of credits and debits or like loans debt in general that just creates more money out of the same money. Like, we can take care of everyone if we started with, like, education and giving people the proper knowledge to take advantage of the resources around them. So, like, if you're, you're Cameron, I'm Joshua, I have enough money now, and you're like, hey, dude, I want to do this thing in wherever, and here's the project... I need this kind of budget, yada, yada. Here's the plan in order to like eventually make the money back. When I give you a million dollars to start this project, we both have a million dollars now. You have a million dollars in cash. I have a million dollars in liabilities. That million dollars in liabilities like on a balance statement still counts as like my net worth and gives me like more position to get more money in the like in the term of loans or just like bring in investment because I have capital, like we can create more money out of no money. And we've had this ability for a long time. And instead we've just been like duping people into thinking the only way to make money is to like work really hard for it every hour of the day, instead of like using this awesome mathematical system that you can just make fucking money out of and not allowing just like just these people to do it. You know, like we can make so much more money for other people and it's not necessarily like a pie where it grows like the pie gets bigger and the one percent still just owns 80 percent of the pie that's not how that like the pie doesn't grow 
unless there's more cash flow, right? And that's just the way it works. That's why we're on a floating system. That's why we're not using like metals and stuff is because we care about growing economies so that they can eventually have enough cash flow to provide enough commonwealth for the growing people. But instead, we just have these people at the top that aren't educating people on how to use the money properly. And then we have these people at the bottom that are just afraid of the money and don't want to learn about it. And then it's like this vicious cycle when there's so much abundance, there's so much to be made for so many people. And there's so much to like, just right there, you know, there's so much. There really is, man. Yeah. Well, brother, you have an incredibly big heart and I'm so grateful to not only drop in this conversation, but also know you a lot more and know you in this lifetime. I fucking love you, Josh. I love you too, Cameron. Yeah. Super excited that we got to do this. And I, yeah, I'm very glad that you're in my life just in general. Likewise, brother. And yeah, I'm stoked to continue hanging out with you. Glad I'm still in Colorado for the next week at least. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, we're going to rage. I'm so excited. Let's get it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Line to Mastery. If you connected with Josh's story, go ahead and share it with someone that you also feel will connect with his story and this podcast. I absolutely love, I love who this allows me to become. This is a gift. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, you know, out of 8 billion people and so much information in the world you chose to take the time out of your day and your own energy and life force to listen to my podcast and connect with the stories and the people that i'm sharing so thank you if you feel called to hop on a powerful conversation and see how i can best serve you please reach out i have so much light to share with the world and Right now, I get to do that through coaching. So thank you. I love you. I love you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day.